0: Welcome to our debut podcast of Radio MVP. Hi, everyone. I'm Tim Continez, along with Anthony Kepley, as we're going to bring you Radio MVP podcasts each and every week. We look forward to talking about sports in Northeast Ohio, from amateurs to the pros basketball football baseball you name it we're going to get into it it should be a lot of fun and what right now let me bring in my partner anthony welcome to the podcast oh thanks tim it's a pleasure to join you today and uh yeah really
1: looking forward to getting this going and uh you know talking a lot about sports here we got a lot of great sports here in the area and um some teams that people don't know about some players people do know about and you know roy bringing it to you guys uh, a little bit about myself i have grown up playing sports, coaching sports, uh, mainly baseball for 20 years. Um, I've worked in the Valparaiso Athletic Department, YSU, you know, any athletic department, I've done. I work for Coach Collin at Canfield High School, uh, who's now at South Range, who just led the Raiders uh, to the district semifinals, I believe, uh, before falling in a tough one last week. So uh, that's a little bit about myself. Um, I'm sure I'll share more as we go along here, but... Yeah, just a little introduction about myself to get us going.
0: Well, most of you may know me from the past. I've uh, hosted radio shows here in the Valley uh, from the early 90s up and through today at different times. I've also coached Little League stuff over the years and had some fun with that. But more than anything, I've uh, broadcast high school football and basketball and have uh, had the opportunity to do some college uh, basketball in the past, too. So maybe in the future, we'll see what happens. But this podcast is basically just to really get going here in the Valley, have some fun. Bring some intelligent sports talks to the listener and have you get involved in the long run. We're going to have a great webpage up where you can download this podcast and see more things that are going on throughout the Valley each week. And i will be at RadioMVP.com. So you're going to have to check that out. We're going to have a Facebook page. We'll have other things going on. Easiest way to stay in touch. We're going to be on Twitter, at Tim Contaneza on Twitter. I don't know if you're on Twitter. Andy. I am.
1: I uh, am cap 17 I believe, is my Twitter handle. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram as well. Um, taking a lot of
0: pictures from the sport events I go to throughout the year. So, All right. Let's get into it. There's a lot going on here in Northeast Ohio. And the biggest story, of course, is the opening of the Youngstown State head basketball coach. As we're looking for a new one. As Slocum has retired, the team, the university is looking to move on, and it's going to be an important part to find out what investment the university wants to make into this program. We've seen 30 years of losing here in the Valley. The last winning coach was Mike Rice, Sr., let me put that out there. For those who are wondering who, when I say Mike Rice, uh, that was back in the early 80s. He was from 82 to like 87 was his time period here in the Valley, and he was the last winning coach the Youngstown State Penguins have had in their Division One history.
1: Yeah, that's uh, uh, kind of astonishing if you think about it. You know, people that think about Youngstown State, you know, just to give an example, I was walking through the airport at DFW when I was on my way to the FCS championship game. And we're in our Youngstown Steak here, and, and they're like, man, you're really good and and everything. And I said, well, no, no, our men's basketball program's not uh, – It's not up to par. It's not cutting it. It's yeah. not acceptable. <laughs> you know, we're a blue-collar area. Uh, we, we want winners, like every area. But sports to us is a vehicle, so to speak, a launching pad to bigger and better things. Um, and it's just a distraction – uh from the day-to-day things going on, and I, th- I think you saw that with football, and hopefully with basketball, we can get that too. Because from the end of December to March, that's a long time period without football, baseball, college baseball is not big here like it is at Kent State or you know, is in other parts of the country. So from December to when football season ends to to basketball season going on. To July when on. football begins yeah, again, yeah. exactly. Yeah, now, we
0: got You know, Youngstown State has had a great basketball program in the past, going back into the seventies when they're Division Two, and onward up until really through the Mike Rice era, and then things kind of fell apart. You know, back history uh, quickly. Mike Rice was let go. They bring bring in his assistant to take over. Unfortunately, he passes away with cancer within the first few months of taking the job. And in the process, they ended up hiring Jim Clemens. Clemens comes in for two years before being hired away by Phil Jackson and the and the uh, Bulls. And so he leaves after two years, and his program was in disarray. They hire his assistant. He lasts for four seasons. He only wins about 23 games in, in Stroya. And then in the program is really falling apart. They were independents at the time. It was very difficult to uh, schedule and to get really a quality thing going on. And then in the process, what you had, of course, you had the Dan Peer, Peter's era, where Dan really rebuilt the program. Did a mm-hmm. terrific job. Had a losing numbers in the end, but he had the most successful season uh, to date for YSU basketball, in a sense. They had a 20-win season. They are on the verge of the NCAA berth. They fell to Valparaiso in the championship game. 98. In 98. And, they, you know, obviously he stayed another year or two, and then he moved on to opportunities with uh, Huggins down in Cincinnati and then later at Ohio State at assistant. And, you know, the Robic era speaks for itself. You know, only 29 wins in his era. He, of course, moved from the, the Mid-Con to the Horizon League that we're in now. Jerry Slocum came in. Give him stability. I'll give him that. Yeah, you know, he gave, he, quality he gave years. him quality years. The, the numbers weren't there. He only had two winning seasons. This is an opportunity for Youngstown State to make a statement of what they want out of their basketball program. Is it going to be an economic uh, engine for them? Or is it just going to be something that they want to maintain like they have for basically the last 20 years? And the maintenance does not bring people in to watch the games. You have to have a reason to bring fans in. I don't care if you're an 18-year-old student going to YSU or you're a 58-year-old fan who loves basketball and wants to go to the games. You have to have belief yep. that you could be competitive and you have an opportunity to win. And that's the bottom line. And... Basketball should be an economic engine for this program, meaning the Youngstown State Athletics. I agree with that. and You know, just to piggyback off what Tim said, you know, if
1: it's football or if it's basketball, you know, the point is right now, we don't get people to the games. I mean, football having the same problem too. Uh, basketball a couple years ago, when I went to go see him play Valparaiso. Valparaiso went to the tournament and came within a three-point shot a foul on Maryland that was not called, and yes, right. I may be a little salty still being an alum, but uh, YSU played Valpo tough, and yet nobody was there. I mean, literally, there were more Valpo people there that actually cared about the game than YSU people. That shouldn't happen. You got a, a team that was receiving votes in every collegiate pool that's out there, and yet, you're not even
0: drawing 200 200 people to the game yeah and that's the edge the economic engine that i'm talking about you have that opportunity look you go back and i'm going to say oh you know show my age here but the damn Peter, peter's error you know there were times where they basically closed half the gym off to uh, make it look more homey more closed in and uh, had the seats filled a little bit closer as that program grew they opened up the gymnasium and they filled it. I watched that year in '98 where they would have, you know, 500 people to 1,000 to 2,000 to 4,000 to filling that gym in a game. Heartbreaking loss to uh, Valparaiso back in the day, and you know we're talking almost 20 years ago, and we shouldn't be you know reminiscing about yeah. a 20-year-old program. And that's the problem. I mean, YSU had a small glimpse of about three years ago where they had two winning years back to back. They had an opportunity to do something special, they made a postseason tournament. And CIT, the CIT, yep. you know, it was great for them to have that experience, but the CIT is not where you want to no, be. The, the NIT the is not where you want to be. No, and, it's uh, the NCAAs yeah. is what we're talking about, and the bottom line is why she needs to find a way to get there and end this streak of 30-plus years of, you know, just meandering in no-man's land in Division One basketball.
1: Yeah, I think it's really, you know, yeah, the NCAA tournament's where you want to be, uh, but you look at Mid-major teams in the past who got their start in the NIT. Bob went to the final last year. Um, and I don't know, you know, put almost 90 on BYU. You know, that's a team that beat Gonzaga this year, guys, that returned right. more talent than last year. Uh, George Mason, George Washington last year. Um, you know, can YSU get to that point? I think it's a, a question that comes from within. Does Rontrell and Jim Trestle... Want this to be a program that every couple years is is knocking on the door, going to the semifinals a conference tournament, or is it less just be average?
0: And that's the key. It's what the university wants out of this program? Because that's what it comes down to. I mean, the questions that need to be answers are that. Because when you're looking at some of the coaches that and the salaries that they make within the Horizon League, I'm not going to go into the MAC. Because the MAC almost doubles everything. I mean, the average salary in the Horizon League is about 225000 Top salary is about a half a million. And you look at, like, Cleveland State. You know, Waters just re- retired. And that job is open. And that was paying almost 400000 The yeah. difference now is YSU is the only school that plays football. And that is their economic engine. And that's where Pelini, you know, actually... Gave Youngstown State a huge break in what he did with Coach Trestle, uh, influence. Thank you, Nebraska. You've got to remember, Nebraska, we've got to thank them for paying them for the next four years. Thank you for that. We'll gladly thank them. And and we'll take the advantage of what that brings us. But the bottom line is this basketball program needs influx of cash. That's going to go to the coaching staff. That's going to go into the recruiting. It's going to go into scouting. All the things that you need. They have upgraded facilities quite a bit in the last 10 years. YSU yeah, has I mean, made nice adjustments on that, and congratulations. On, I mean, they need to be congratulated on that because that's an important part of recruiting. It's an important part of being Division One, and it needs to be done. I know they're not going to compete with Ohio States and the Penn States and the world. I'm not trying to compete with the pits of the world. I don't think and, anybody's asked to compete no, with those guys. But what guess. you want to do is compete within your own conference, mm-hmm. and that's the Horizon League. And even and,
1: your own region, too. You know. Exactly. Every year we're playing Toledo, Kent State, or Akron, and this year we just beat Akron, who came within – Three points to go in the NCAA tournament uh, to Kansas, State, who will play uh, UCLA, who is a trendy pick that you to go to the final four.
0: So the job is open. The rumors are out there. A lot of different people have been uh, named in this search here for the next coach i don't have any inside information i ain't going to tell you Oh, this is what's going to happen i'm not telling you that because i do not have it. i can tell you names of people have bound and people that we think that have opportunities to be invested into this program and you know one of them we talked about earlier is the head coach of fairmont why don't you uh, take over uh, anthony and and give us a little information about him
1: yeah you know mike you're or to be honest, I don't know a lot about him. I was just reading before we got on the air today uh, that he is a trendy pick. Uh, Calhoun from Fairmont State, a Division II school. Um, we've gone that route before, though. Yeah. Know.
0: I mean, that's what's local.
1: But he has head coaching experience. And that's a key. And that's big. But, um, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying it's got to be like this, but –
0: let me go a step further, what you just talked about, having head coaching experience. It does matter, and I'll tell you why. You look at YSU's history in basketball. When they have not had head coaching experience, they've failed, and they failed miserably. When they've had some coaching experience, they've had levels of success. Mike Rice obviously came from Duquesne. He had much success here in his time in the early 80s. Clemens had the pedigree, but never had success. And he's a first-year head coach. Yep. Same with Stroya, you know, who came right off his staff. They tried to, you know, hire within, it did not work. Yep. And you know, the four years of failure there. Dan Peters had experience as a head coach at Division Three and Division Two, I believe, at the same time as he grew. Yep. So he had experience and he had a successful program. Yeah, and I know they had a losing record, and you know, but I'm not here to bash on him and what he achieved no, during his career. No, he, and and I, I'll be honest, they had one of the more successful periods in YSU basketball. And I remember talking to him many years ago when I interviewed him, and I asked him about the program and YSU and how do you take that next step. And he flat out told me, and this is something I never forgot, the program can be as successful as po- it can be but it really is up to the university to decide what they want out of the program. And we recognize that. And what he's saying is you have to invest into your program. You have to not just invest in the people. Which is a huge part of any program. Oh, you but you that. have to invest in you know, upkeep. You have to invest in, in every aspect of Division One basketball. And that was one of the reasons why he left. Because he knew the opportunity. He probably maxed out here. And he had to move on. And you know, you look at Robic, another coach without head coaching experience. And again, he came with great pedigree, coming off of you know, out of um, out of uh, Massachusetts, and you know had a great opportunity. But you know, yeah, just off a Final Four team, yep. exactly. And the bottom line is. It was his first head coaching. He's never got another head coaching job. Now, granted, he's he's great in Kentucky. Yeah, I don't. Think, and I don't yeah, think he needs to no, leave. No. And I'm not saying that that proves a point. I'm just saying, in in the end, you know, Calipari is has always been his right hand man, and they've been very successful together. Well, there's I'm nothing wrong with that. But I even look at Slocum. He coming from Division Two, all those years. And look at the successes he's had. In a sense, he knew how to run a program and give us stability when they needed it. And I just I worry about this program under a coach without head coaching experience. Look at the football program and look at the turnaround it's had with Pellini, who had head coaching experience compared to the ones prior to Trestle, but did not. And that really tells you everything you know. I think head coaching experience is a huge, huge factor in this and I'm not saying it has to be Division One. Obviously, I think that would be wonderful. No, that would be it is. wonderful. But we'll wait and see how they develop. But I do believe it's going to be an important part. And I think Calhoun has that. And that's going to be, you know, if he wants to make this move to Division One, this is an opportunity for him.
1: Yeah, and let's just say I look back at some of the numbers under Jerry He He's here for 12 years, like we said. He went 139 and 227. One thirty nine and two twenty seven. Yeah, that's that number speaks volumes. Yeah, it it does. In conference, sixty two and one thirty nine. He went. He had one year. He was ten and eight, and they were bounced after a big, blown twenty point lead in the CIT. Right, and they won the first game against Oakland. uh, Came back, had a big lead against Canisius and blew that, and that had to be the point where. It took off. I'm not saying make the Instagram tournament of year like Vapres was doing or Oakland or Green Bay seemingly. But he had one season where he finished above five hundred in a conference. He had five two win conference seasons in twelve. Yeah. That's almost 50%. you have got to compete in your conference. Yeah, that's not going to get it done. You have to be better
0: than that. You have to have an opportunity to succeed in your conference. All your games come within your conference. You have the 10 non-conference games, and I give Wise a lot of credit. They've upgraded that in the last five years. They have their money games against the Big Ten schools or uh, the Big A schools and stuff like that. And it's important, you know, ACC schools, if you count Pittsburgh now in that area, you know, those are the opportunities they're going to have to play. They beat George, too, right? and they dominated yeah, exactly. George soundly. Exactly, SEC. So, you know, obviously, you have the, you know, they've upgraded the schedule. They're making money on the road, which yeah, is great. You need those money games. Yeah, I you know. I don't care what level you at. You need the money games when you're a smaller school, but now this is the time that you have to be able to compete in the game. Money games get you so far. Right. You have to compete. Competing your conference, and you have to succeed to a level where you have an opportunity to win a conference title, and that means a conference tournament. Yeah, you don't I, have to win the conference as much as you have to be. No, you got to be peeking at the right knocking time of the year.
1: on the door, and, and you're exactly right. Your last comment, peeking at the right time, that's so key in college basketball, and I think bow and football is also transferred to that. We'll get to that later. Right now, we're basketball. I think if you look at, you know, Northern Kentucky. All year long was who? Right. You know, you really weren't taking... You were talking about Valparaiso, Green Bay, Oakland. And now later after Avapa uh, lost Alec Peters, you're talking about Oakland. And they get knocked off in one of the greatest finishes you'll see this year in sports by us. Um, you know, but if you look at it, going back to mid-February... Northern Kentucky was playing some of the best basketball in conference. They beat Valparaiso. They beat Wright State. And they can score. Right. Um,
0: You know, you need stability in your program. And, you know, you look at, like, what Dem Bright has done over in in Akron and what he's achieved. I mean, they keep consistently going after that MAC title. Each yep. and every year. I think he's played in nine Mac title games. Now, they haven't succeeded at all of them, but you can look at the consistency. That's what but I'm talking about. But you're knocking on the about. door, though. You're knocking you're, on the door consistently. You're not ever 5-19 and nope. 19 no more. No. you know five and 23 Those nope. years are over. You cannot have them. No. And that's what this next coach is going to be. I know we have a few others other than Calhoun. Who else are we looking at on yeah, this I potential mean, list?
1: You know, if you read the message boards, you can probably – Piece together or see that Mike Foley from Mount Union uh, is getting a lot of run on the message boards, or maybe even uh, the le- uh, the local media guys who claim to be pundits that you know. Uh, but Foligno, a little bit about him. Um, he just came off a 15-inch fall season this year at Mount Union, uh, Division Three, um, and they lost in the quarterfinals of a conference tournament. Um, he's 101, 74. So he's almost won as many games yeah. as Slocum has. Now, that's two two
0: th- huge th- different leaps yeah. of talent. Yeah,
1: um, But he knows winning, though. He's won the conference tournament. Uh, he's advanced this week, 16 Division III um, in 2014, 2015. I'm going to throw out a couple of names. I know you talked about Greg Paulus off the air. Right. I know you really like Greg Paulus. Um, being a Duke fan and watching Greg Paulus, that's the kind of coach we need here—a gritty blue-collar guy. And Tim, I think you can. Yeah, uh, take well, I that did.
0: One. I, Paul's what you know what he brings to just like you mentioned. He comes from Duke. He played football at Syracuse. He was a quarterback at Syracuse. Scholarship offer Nerd Notre Dame to start at quarterback. Yeah, you know he graduated early from from Duke. So this kid, this guy—I call him a kid—but this this <laughs> gentleman knows what he's doing. I mean, he's he's had a plan in his life. He's down at, at Ohio State. He's done t- a terrific job down there as one of the uh, the assistants to Thad Mata. Now, would that be a gamble for Youngstown State? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're going with someone inexperienced and someone is unproven. But, but is it a more of but a gamble? Just look at his pedigree coming into this. As I mentioned, he played for, for Coach K. Yes. He played football. Oh, in Syracuse, and was successful as one year as a football yes. player, as a as a uh, graduate uh, senior quarterback. Yeah, just coming right. in for one um, season. He went play football in five
1: years. Yeah. Um, I want to go off something you said. Uh, he played at Duke, and he learned under Coach K. Um, and that says a lot. <laughs> and we talked about YSU has gone the big name assistant route before, and John Rubick. He came from, you know, from Massachusetts, from Massachusetts with Cal yeah, Perry. Perry. Look at Calipari's coaching tree. Yeah. It's not very impressive. No. Robick, great guy, great family. He gave everything this program had. Probably didn't have the monetary and the uh, facilities. You know, we didn't. No, we didn't. And uh, another guy that Robick had, or not Robick, but uh, Calipari had was Orlando Antigua, who got fired from South Florida after a couple years. Right. Those are two guys right there that – have not cut it as head coaches. You look at Coach K's coaching tree, um, Tommy Mianpaker at Harvard. You look at uh, Chris Collins, who just took Northwestern. Right. Northwestern for to the their first, first time appearance in program they history. They beat
0: YSU to the NCAAs. Yes. Now, granted, they had a little longer streak than YSU. Yeah. yeah. But when you go back looking at the schools that competed, from 1981 through today, there's only like four or five schools have not made the NCA's. Northwestern was one, Youngstown State was the other. Yep. And there's like two other schools. You could say like, I think, uh, Citadel and a couple yep. others. And But my point is, there's very few when the tournament was only 48 teams. Mm-hmm. And that's when Youngstown State was originally competing in Division One, Has not made the tournament. And now they're one of the longest schools since we haven't come. Well, put it this way: since the tournament expanded to 64, they've never made it. No, they're one of the few teams that have not made it. There's teams that have joined Division One have made it before YSU has even sniffed that. I.e., Northern Kentucky in their first Look year at of eligibility.
1: Oakland, I'll go another example and, you know, yeah. They moved
0: up. Yep, you know, and they made it before us. Uh, there's many of them have. Yeah, but I, it, my point is, what I love about Paulus is that. He fits the valley. It's yes. a football valley. Yes. It's a basketball valley in a sense. It needs it, it. will follow basketball if it finds a reason why, no matter oh, what no, no. it is. So, you know, at the high school level or at the collegiate level, they will come if you build the program. And here's a guy I think who would absolutely understand the Mahoning Valley and exactly what it needs. Now, Will... Youngstown State, looked at someone with that inexperience? Probably not. I just love what he brings as a potential guy, a dark horse to this conversation. I don't expect him really even get an interview. I don't expect him to be uh, part of it, but I do believe he's a name that they should have looked at or hopefully are looking at.
1: Yeah, I agree completely with that. And another guy um, that many of you don't know about um, that I think should get a lot of consideration is Jake Diebler. Uh, you all know John. Uh, he played at was that Sandusky up there. And, right. Uh, you know, up North, there. Northwest Ohio. Yeah. yeah. And he went to Ohio State, and I think he became. The all so time yes. killer one time. Yeah, yes. and in I think he broke Reddick's three-point record in the yeah. season. Um, his brother Jake played at Valparaiso, coached under Bryce Drew. Um, also, he coached at Ohio State under Thad Mata. With Greg Paulus. Now let's talk about some of the players that Jake Dieler self-mannered. Aaron Kraft. Not great in the NBA, but boy was he clutch in college. Boy was he clutch in uh, college. D'Angelo Russell. Evan Turner. Mike Conley. And Jared Sollinger. While at Valpo, who, by the way, is in the Horizon League, who is the Duke, the Kentucky of the Horizon League, if you want to talk about a program that you're trying to be like, they're in. He helped Drew and the Crusaders reach the tournament and go to the NIT. He knows winning. Now this year, it ran about his first year on the staff during the tournament. The guy knows winning. He knows winning from high school to college, and he knows the state. He's been at Ohio
0: State. He knows down there. It, it, again, another interesting name to bring up. I'm going to throw a name at you. I don't know if I talked to you about him or not, and maybe he's on your list is uh, joe lombardi uh, from university of pennsylvania university indiana university of pennsylvania excuse me iup uh all right youngstown state graduate i did not know that i did yes. not know that at all and uh his name came up about 12 years ago but at the time, he was still, I believe, an assistant at Pitt before he uh, took that Division II school. Now that I believe he's won a national title, or he's played for two of them. Yes,
1: he's played. Um,
0: uh, I think his school played for two of them that he's. Coached. I want to say they lost man. to Finley. Yeah,
1: a couple years ago, when Finley went undefeated, and I they challenged so. him yeah. right down yeah. to the end.
0: So I mean, there's a guy who has a ties to the Valley, who has ties to the university. You know, as someone that, they, you know, people, I, I think, again, when you look at a national search, uh, we'll see. I mean, obviously, it could be anybody that we're mentioning. It could be anybody we're not mentioning because I'll be honest. I've said this before. I don't know what they're going to do. We'll talk about it when it happens. But right now, YSU needs to uh, really take this seriously. And this is an opportunity you don't get. You hire a coach. They're here for five years. Why is she not going to let him go in the middle and pay him off? Mm-mm. That's never going to happen. Nope. So this is the most important hire this administration has had to date. You know, yeah. this is what it comes and down, it down to. Without a doubt, yeah. You know, this is what's going to determine your basketball program for the next five years. It has to get it right. They've gone 30 years with losing coaches. They have to get it right. They have to find a guy who can recruit. They have to find a guy who can build a program and find a person who can without a doubt, compete in the Horizon League. If you do those things, you will draw a crowd, and this basketball program will be part of the economic engine of Youngstown State Athletics, not just the football program. And that would be huge for the university in the long run.
1: Let me throw out another name that I don't think anybody's talking about. Um, Former Wisconsin-Milwaukee coach Rob Jeter. Okay. He He was fired this year by Milwaukee in a puzzling decision after going twenty and thirteen. Right. I mean you go twenty and thirteen and ten and eight in the conference. I mean most schools yeah, have been be and you're talking about
0: you're talking about the horizon league. Yeah. I mean we're talking A about guy, guy who already knows, knows the, the
1: horizon league
0: who yeah. who And Milwaukee won
1: the conference twice.
0: Interesting enough Milwaukee's one of the schools kinda like Youngstown that does not pay the highest level for the basketball coaches that you've seen in the rest of the of the conference. Now they may be just behind or just below uh, ahead of Youngstown State on average. Yeah, I don't have you know, in front of them, but I know in the past they have been one of those schools that has not paid the top dollar for a coach, kind of like Coach Waters in Cleveland. But again, they don't have a football program, and when you don't have a football program, you don't have to. You have a lot more money to invest oh, yeah, into was, your yeah. basketball program. Why is unique in the Horizon League? The only one that plays Division, you know subdivision one football and it's going to be important for them to figure this out as they uh, they move forward and but they're going to have to come up uh with a huge hire here and i personally can build this program and quite honestly there's there's a lot of theories here oh you want this guy here for five years you want this guy here for three years i don't care yeah I. if he's here for three years and because you three years he's a and outstanding winning, or gets to the NCAs, you're going to be an attractive program for somebody else when that comes about. I don't expect that to happen. I really don't. I think the program he's taken over is not bare, but it's not. No, there's a lot of talent there. there you... it's, it's exactly, it's not bare, but it's not at the level where you're going to compete in the Horizon League today. No, but you can quickly change that around. I will say this though: you have a backcourt
1: right now with Morris and Santiago. That can be the best in the Horizon League, and they have to keep it together. More, yes, that is huge. Player retention is
0: it's going to be a big was part probably of this.
1: one of the biggest question marks on Slocum the past couple years. And he no, could recruit. Right. I mean, there's no question he oh, can recruit, right. and
0: he knew guards. The um, last five years of his stay at Youngstown State, there's no question the talent level increased each and every year. There's no and question. dramatically at that. yeah, and they competed at times in the, in this league. Now, they never cracked really the top four in this league, but they were able to, to really be a team that people had to pay attention to. So, I mean, there's no doubt about it. YSU basketball has to make a very, very important decision, and they have to ask questions within what do they want out of this program, how are they going to achieve those things in this program, and who's going to lead them. These are some internal questions that that uh, Stroller and President Tressel and others within the program or meaning the athletic department need to ask themselves as they make this hire. Because this hire, again, is someone who's gonna be here for five years, most likely. And if they're here shorter, that's fine. That chances are that means either A someone else wanted them that bad mm-hmm. or B, they're most likely this program has risen to that level that quickly. Listen, if you want to bring in a guy
1: that wins for three or four years, get you the semifinals makes a conference championship game appearance. By the way, it's on ESPN. That's money. That's revenue for us. Um, you know, that goes to the NIT that knocks the door of the NCAA tournament, like Bob Borden did at YSU the women's. Yeah. Remember, he took over 0 and thirty. Exactly. You can't get much worse than that in YSU men's is nowhere near that.
0: No? What was it, We're three d- or four seasons? Yes. I don't know. I think I want to say three.
1: It might have been four. I but- think it was three and he went to the NIT Twice in one yeah. a game, yes, yeah. and he went to the conference semifinals. And every year, but one or You know, they've been
0: a very successful program in the last seven so to ten years. So that's something that you can go off of. And now,
1: uh, finding a male version of Bob Bolden, that's the big question mark. that That's what we're talking about. Who could it be? That's why I bring up Rob Jeter. The more and more I think about it, Rob Jeter's got to be the guy. He's at UNLV now. Um, Bolden was hired away. You know, by Ohio, you and then we go get Barnes from Green Bay. Yeah. Who, who knew the Horizon League, who and knew the done conference, a job. who has done an outstanding job, who next year, probably fully healthy, is competing with Green Bay for the conference tournament because this year, with five girls hurt, was beating Green Bay going into halftime almost.
0: Oh, there's no question about it. The women's program has returned to its to its ability to be a, uh, compete, a a competitor and a leader in the horizon league. Like you mentioned this year with the injuries and the problems they had, all right, a down year. But that's the first down year this women's program has had. Yeah, they haven't had down years. Seven, the past seven or eight, eight years. Right, Yes, yeah. So, I mean, it, no program goes unless you're – you know, Connecticut. <laughs> well, Never yeah, do that. Yeah, and you're not going yeah, to compete with Connecticut. We're not going
1: to be Connecticut. That's, that's not a WNBA the WNBA team exactly. playing in college. We're not basketball. worried
0: about that. We're not worried about that. I just want to compete within the conference. And number
1: two, they beat Pitt a couple years ago and spanked Pitt. Yeah. I mean,
0: beat them up pretty I'm, good. You know, bottom line is you're going to have to compare this hire to what Cleveland State is doing. Yes. So that is a job that's open in, in the conference. That's a job that's open in your region. You know, Northeast Ohio. Yep. They're going to compete for the same, same local, talent, same regional talent, yep. and national talent. So that's where you're going to have to compare this hire to, and that's where you need to compare it to. That's the legitimacy of what YSU program is facing. Now, again, are they going to be able to pay what Cleveland State pays? No, simply because YSU has the football program, and Cleveland State, and does. Cleveland State does not. And they're going, you know, their economic engine is the basketball yep. program. That's why they invest into it, and that's exactly what YSU has to figure out how to invest into this program to make it compete and to be an economic engine. Without it being an economic engine, then you have a problem of getting people to this to the auditorium to stand by and watch the games, and then you in a problem of really getting interest in the program because no kid. I don't care who you are. No 18-year-old kid, no 20-year-old transfer kid, will ever want to play for a school when they walk in and the gymnasium only has 250 to 500 people. Yeah. yeah, it happens across the country. I realize that, but the bottom line is, if you want to attract a kid, you have to have an atmosphere, and that's one of the one of the things that most kids are going to talk about. They want to play in front of anybody. Yeah, I think any kid does. I mean, and that's and the way you do that is win. Now, let's face it: when you win, people come. Well, and yeah. You have to build a program. Yep. And, have, and some of these kids are going to have to take a leap faith in the future, whoever that coach may be. But that's his job, is to recruit kids to bring in and to win. And we'll see exactly how that happens. But this is a, uh, like I said, this is the most important hire YSU's ever had. Yeah, in this, the is yeah. yeah this, know, this is Ron Yeah. And this is Ron biggest hire he's probably oh, made. Oh, absolutely. There's no question about it. You know, they brought in uh, Slocum. 12 years ago, and he did exactly what they needed to do, bring stability to a program that needed it, as something that can compete within level, yep. a certain level of the Horizon League, and they did it. But I don't yep. expect it to continue with the uh, losing ways. I expect to see opportunity of winning, and that's what you want. You want to see a team that can compete in the top four of the conference and compete at the right time of the year where you're challenging for a tournament title and an opportunity to get to the NCAs. that's what it's all about you can tell me it's all about educating the kids and it is and you can tell me it's all about many other things and experiences but the bottom line no no player in division one does not want to make the NCAAs. I don't care if they're at Youngstown State. I don't care if they're at Cleveland State. I don't care if they're at Akron. I don't care if they're Canisius. I don't care where you put them. Nope. They all want have one well, yeah, dream, so cool. one and that is exactly, to play moment. in the NCAAs. And even if it meant playing in the first four that's going on tonight and tomorrow night down in, in Dayton, but the bottom line is you're involved. You have that opportunity. And what you have to do is figure out who is the leader for this Youngstown State program. And I think you've
1: seen what you said, you know, is just give those kids their one shining moment. How many years is there a Cinderella? I mean, there's probably going to be tons this year, too, that nobody even talks about. Exactly. And next weekend they're showing up, and there's 10 seconds to go in the game, and they're beating a two- or 3 seed in the Sweet 16 or um, – you know what around it is. You know, um, to bring you back to the point of Cleveland dating Gary Waters, does he get a look at YSU? He knows the area. He knows the conference. I'm not saying I don't, I want think, him.
0: He, I don't think. i I don't think interested. he would come here. I'm not. But think, I honestly don't. I you know he's so quote unquote retired. Uh, maybe he still says he want to coach. I have not heard that. I'm not saying that's not possible. I think he has retired. Uh, he's at that age where you sh- you know most coaches yeah. do, you know, move on. And he's had a great career. I mean, at you know Kent State, he went you know over to Rutgers for a while. Didn't work out. Came to. Oh, I'm not uh, sure
1: you can win at Rutgers or anything.
0: R- yeah, really? yeah, we we've yeah. seen that lately over the years. And then you know he came back to Northeast Ohio with the Cleveland State job. And he won. He won to the tournament too. Exactly. He's won there. And, and he won he, a
1: tournament game, I believe, in yes. two thousand and seven or eight. Eight, I want to say they beat. Yeah.
0: I can't remember now. Oh, uh, they beat it. <laughs> they beat a two or three <laughs> seed. I. They've think. had yeah. opportunities, and that's yes. what we're talking about. No team is going to dominate a conference and win it, you know, seven, eight years in a row. But if you can be in your conference title game. On a cycle basis, meaning once every three to five years, you're going to give your your program an opportunity to grow and to experience that one shining moment that you're talking about. That every player in college basketball, the 310 schools that compete at Division I, mm-hmm. you know, that's the bottom line. And that's what it's all about. And this is where Youngstown is going to have an opportunity to do it. It's important that this YSU's job opening is taken seriously. I know what it is. But they can't make the mistake. They can't have aerobic. They can't have Astroya They got to have someone who can build on this program that where it's at right now. Slocum has a decent program, not a great program, but a decent program. And you have to build on this, and you have to compete in your own league. That's the Horizon League. They're not leaving the Horizon. Yeah, league. that's key for And anybody. that's the key, and that's the number one thing that sh- this administration has to figure out. Exactly. How do you support the next coach that's coming in, and what does it take economically to get that done? Yeah, I think
1: it's key for any small school. Um, yeah, you want to do well in the non-conference, but non-conference doesn't mean anything, really. I mean, why is she going to play Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Pitt? That's great. That's We'll Get the paycheck. Let's go home. But what you do from New Year's Eve when conference play starts to the end of February... That's where you're going to make your paycheck. That's where you're going to make your paycheck. That's where you're going to convince recruits, yeah, I do want to come here. I want to help these guys out, or I don't think I want to come here.
0: Let's uh, let's kind of wrap up this YSU thing and uh, look at the some other things going on in the uh, Northeast Ohio sports area as we talk about the NCAA tournament that's going on and all the brackets that people are filling out <laughs> and all the I fun. on ESPN right now. As we... Uh, get into this but I you know there's no doubt about it YSU has a big decision in front of them the fans of YSU want to see them get it right and the university for the first time in 30 years really has all the pressure to get this one right they cannot cannot continue down the path of another losing coach as 30 years of coaching losses just can't continue all right let's look at uh, some other things going on in the world of sports real quickly of course the The Indians are out in Arizona playing spring training. Yeah, they lost 6-5 to the Giants. Uh, They were
1: down 6-0 after uh, the first couple innings and then uh, made a comeback late. Off he doesn't mean very much. Uh, uh, Josh one struggled, gave up six runs. Again, uh, it doesn't mean much because you know you're going to get from One.
0: Yeah, and the bottom line is three, there's three more weeks. We're almost, you know, yeah, left in, in training camp. So let's we'll just let it go from there. Yeah. The biggest news out of training camp is Kipness' sho- uh, shoulder injury. You know, he's not going to start the season, uh, most likely in Cleveland this year. But that's okay. Yeah. And if it I'm takes not... an extra two weeks, let's get it right. Let's not have a repeat of Michael Brantley. No. I and, and and lose a guy who's a big part of your offense and your defense and your leadership of your team. Uh, I think the Indians are handling it correctly. Oh, it's going to take dog. time. You know, it's it's not going to happen overnight. I love this, uh, you know, Tito and what he brings to the program, or to the you know to the Indians. And uh, you know, we'll get into baseball all season long. Just want to let you know we're going to be paying attention to that. Baseball
1: is uh, a marathon. It's not a sprint. If you remember yeah. the Indians last year, after April, eleven and twelve. Yeah, eleven and twelve after April, and in May they were swept by the Twins. And they came back, won a few games, and they slept by the Phillies.
0: Well, you know, we'll have all season to talk baseball. Yeah. But just wanted to let everybody know we'll get into Michael that.
1: Michael Braley is actually going to start playing in minor league spring training games. So that's something to get excited about right there.
0: That is. Looking at back at the NCAA tournament, let's uh, pull up some brackets Mount St. Mary's
1: right now for anybody that watches the first four games is beating New Orleans 40-37. The winner will play uh Thursday night against overall number one seed Villanova, uh, the reigning champions. Yeah, Villanova. So, congratulations to that winner. Um, yeah, you got,
0: you, yeah, you get Yeah you got a date with the number <laughs> yeah. one team in the country. Um yeah, that's the bottom you'll be get a chance though.
1: Yeah. You'll have an I think why is you would love to be in Mount St. Mary's position, New Orleans position you
0: know, right now. I'll but. tell you the team in that bracket. Or, or I should say in that region. Uh, that that era who I love that I think is a team actually they're in the Duke bracket but uh, and it is going back to the uh, the ACC in a sense is is Notre Dame they're number 5 in that bracket Yeah I that's shocking but I understand it to a certain level but Notre Dame is the team if you're looking for a underdog if you want to call it that I don't really I don't consider Notre Dame they, they're but, the
1: only school in America has gone to back to back elite dates. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, kind of surprising to me um,
0: because to see them in the same bracket as Duke is well, they're not. Well, not in the same bracket. They're Aren't in the
1: they? lo- no. They're in the. Uh, oh, I thought uh, they were in the same bracket. No, they are in the. In- oh god, where did I put my bracket out here? Where uh, was it? Uh, they are in the West region oh, okay. with Gonzaga. They could play... Yeah, you're uh, right, Gonzaga. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I see it here. Um, if
0: I can only read, I get it right.
1: <laughs> I am surprised to see name as a five seed. Um, I think, obviously, you know, what they did the past two years won't factor into the committee selection. But if you look at the season, though, you know, they didn't have any awful losses. No, You know, um... And they finished third in the ACC, well, second, um, lost a tiebreaker to Florida State, um, and then went all the way to the ACC championship game and lost a thrilling finish to Duke, uh, 75-69. But I agree with you, though. That is my sleeper. Not a sleeper, but that's my team. That I could absolutely see playing in Glendale in the first weekend of April. Oh, there's I no question. I could quest. absolutely see it. Mike Bray, what he's done at Notre Dame is
0: just phenomenal. I yeah. mean, he's done a terrific job, and you know, it took a while to build that program, but uh, he has competed. And since they moved to the ACC, oh, he has done it. He's done a terrific job, and he a lot it, better than what anybody thought they could yeah. do. And you know. I love the idea of Wisconsin and uh, Virginia Tech. They get uh, to face uh, Villanova in the second round. What
1: number one seed do you think is the first one to get knocked off?
0: Oh God, it's definitely not going to be Villanova. I expect. I Villano- disagree with that. Really?
1: I disagree with that. I don't think Wisconsin can beat Villanova. I think they could. I was them, going to go with Gonzaga. Out of them, I think yeah, Gonzaga would be. The Zags think, are the ones to fall first. But don't be surprised um, on March 18th. When the second round games begin, right Sweet if, sixteen. If no, the second round. Oh, game, second round. I thought you. Yeah. Okay. The second if weekend. Yeah. Buzz Williams and Virginia Tech beat Nova. They are wow. athletic. They have dynamite guards. Uh, Zach Ledei is one player um, that can get that can carry his team on a back, and they can get to the second week in the tournament. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the Elite Eight. Now I'm not. I know I did not predict Virginia Tech to go to the but I'm saying of a plow from number one seed to get beat early.
0: There's a path for it. Yes, okay.
1: yes, right. I could see that. But, yes, I agree with you. Gonzaga, uh, they're everybody's pick every year. It's going to be this okay. year they go to or the final four. They've never been there. But you get yeah. a good Vanderbilt team, a Northwestern team, in the second round, Grand, you get past uh, South Dakota State. And then you get –
0: You know, obviously Kansas, I think, can go deep into this. Yeah, I think
1: Kansas is a pretty – I don't want to say – no region is easy. Right. All these teams are in here for a reason. They're really good right now. Yeah. I I mean, and they're really talented. um, And there will be guys step up that we've never even heard of before. Their coach has never even heard of them. Um, Yeah, I think Kansas um, is pretty much chalk all the way through to the Sweet 16, Elite 8. I think the same about Carolina. Although you got UCLA and Kentucky in there, um, you know you got Butler's back in there. Their, uh, they've been the darlings the past and yeah. this decade.
0: I would definitely, you know, I would lo- love to see a run from uh, the Bulldogs again. But I think UCLA out of that bracket is the the team that may be the, uh, the eventual winner if you're looking really? for somebody really? other than other than. The number one seed. I look at UCLA as, as, a, as a legitimate shot. Now remember, UCLA
1: went to Lexington in December. Now this was December, right? And beat Kentucky and hung ninety on them, right? You know, um, they can That's rematch good... in this week sixteen. Um, UCLA doesn't play great defense. Uh, TJ Leaf is banged up right now. Their star freshman forward. Uh, but when you got to play like Lonzo Ball,
0: it, you know, it can
1: a... carry you all the way. You
0: know, I look at it this way. College basketball is about momentum, yo, and college basketball is about coaching. So, I mean, obviously, I'm not taking anything away from Kyle Perry and what he's achieved and what he's done. He's a terrific coach. But you give what UCLA, you know, you get through the first two rounds, you're going to meet up in the Sweet 16 most yep. likely, and you're going to have four days to prepare. Yep. And that is huge. And, you get, and you're on a neutral court. Yes, and, and, and that is
1: in Memphis. So right. it's
0: not really – Big Blue South, but
1: it's not really, you know, it's really not going to be much. UCLA, uh, yeah, I mean, UCLA. No doubt. I mean um, Kentucky
0: travels. Oh Kentucky yeah, Kentucky fans will, will, will be yeah. there. But you're talking about a storied program in UCLA, and, and, who, and who's has, finally getting back to glory. exactly who's finally who's getting looking back to for glory. that one victory to really put them back on the national level. Yeah, because last year uh, UCLA fans were clamoring for Steve Alford's
1: firing. Exactly. And they want him run out of Westwood, and they didn't want him anything anywhere near that program. And now you got Lonzo Ball, who's transformed. Guy, I sound like Bill Walton right now. Um, <laughs> and somewhere, Bill and his teepee is probably loving what I'm saying about the Conference of Champions. Um, a team out of that bracket or region that I really like is Middle Tennessee State. Really. I love Middle Tennessee. Now They've, do you see
0: him going just to the sweet sixteen or do you think they can make a deep run? Well, or you just if you him? haven't
1: heard of him, Giddy Potts, who single handedly beat number two Michigan State last year, who was the presumptive favorite to cut down the nets and bounced in right. you know, um they return a lot of guys. Giddy Potts is going to be a name like Stephen Curry was, no wait with right. Davidson. I can't wait to watch um,
0: them. I mean, I think this is my be favorite guy, time of the year. Oh, without a doubt. These, these two weeks coming up, especially this weekend starting, I, well, actually even tonight with the final. Yeah, like like tonight, the I like yeah. uh, tonight's
1: game a lot. I like the 9 o'clock game. Wake Forest and Kansas State. Kansas State's played really well lately. And Wake Forest, uh, me, a person being an ACC guy, um, and watching the ACC for 20 years. John Collins at Wake Forest. Yeah, God, he is miserable to watch your team play against, but he's fun to watch, man. Oh, I yeah. mean, and I think he can get on a run. I like their matchup against Kansas State. I think they can beat Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati, you know, they play in, yeah. what, the American Athletic Conference? Right. Nothing against that conference, but, um, you know, I think Wake Forest, who has pushed Duke twice, um, you know, they can be a sleeper team.
0: Let me ask you this. Just because, obviously, Ohio State's not in the tournament this year. And the Big Ten is basically staying down this year. And I agree with that statement. Is there a Big Ten team that you think could get to the Sweet 16 and beyond? I'm not sure there is this year. It would not shock me if there's not a Big Ten team in the Sweet Sweet 16. I expect at least one team there, but I will not be surprised if this is the year we see only them bow out before the Sweet 16. Yeah, I think... I mean, Vermont, obviously, I think Purdue should win that game, but, you know, he just... Yeah, he the Catamounts are good, but uh, do they
1: have the talent to match up with... Maryland's
0: taking on seven Xavier.
1: 7 and Hawes and Swanigan. Yeah. Yeah, Xavier's streaky. Uh, They've struggled lately without um, Sumner. So I like Maryland in that one with uh, Trimble
0: to win that game. And then like we mentioned earlier, you know, the Badgers taking on Virginia Tech in the first round. And And the winner, uh, 99% sure, will face Villanova. So that's that's, that's, a tough win Um,
1: A team to look out for if you're talking about Big Ten teams. Obviously, Purdue is very good. Uh, they got two seven-footers, and Isaac Haas and Caleb Swanigan. Uh, Swanigan's going to play a long time in the NBA. That kid's a stud. But the
0: story of the first round is is uh, Northwestern yeah. and Vandybilt. Yeah. What a great matchup. You the academic bull. Exactly. Yes. You couldn't have asked. I mean, a better opportunity to put these two teams against each other.
1: Yeah, and that's a tough game for me personally um, uh, to pick because they're so similar, and they want to grind you out. Yeah. Uh, Bryce Drew's always I mean obviously to they're gonna be the out, Cinderella Cowboard.
0: team of this tournament. Meaning uh, Northwestern Northwest yeah, oh, yeah, making a doubt. their first appearance after all these years in Division One, you know, since the tournament began, they never made the tournament. This is their opportunity to shine. Yeah, and they've, they've been knocking on magic, the door yep. the last couple of years, and to see them have a Cinderella run would be phenomenal. Uh obviously would you we mentioned them? You know, would it be I don't think it's outrageous to think that they could they could be the one to
1: take out Sa- Gonzaga? I will disagree and I will say Vanderbilt. And now, Really? Yes. And now this game like I said is tough for me because me being a Duke guy and Chris Collins you always want to see those guys win. Sure. Um, and Vanderbilt working under Bryce Drew for a little bit, meeting him, watching the program closely with him. Uh, they got a big guy, Luke Cornett who most of the country never heard of. Florida's heard of him. They don't want to see him again after they beat him three times in a row this year. Um, he's a seven-footer that can play away from the basket. Gonzaga has a seven-footer, but he's a freshman. I like Cornette. Can Karnowski from Gonzaga, who I expect to get passed out Dakota State, is Karnowski comfortable playing on the perimeter? Most big guys aren't. I think Gonzaga wins that game. They're really athletic uh, their guards, I think, are a little too much ranger That won't be a blowout. That will not be a blowout. Now
0: I think it's going to be a close game no matter who plays in that. I'm just, you know, yeah, I'll be honest. I love the Cinderella story. Oh, I do. Too. And oh, yeah, there's no question doubt. the Cinderella, uh, the shoe fits Northwestern <laughs> this year. Oh, yeah. And Northwestern, if they can. Get past v- Vandy in the first round. Yep. They get that matchup with Gonzaga. Can All the they be that one ever? who knocks off that first number one in the in tournament? As you mentioned, could be Vandy, and it would be a great run for Vandy, and it, it would definitely a possibility. I think Gonzaga's good. Oh, I, I do not take anything Drew away really from them or what they achieved this season. I mean, they basically almost went undefeated up until the you know late in yeah, the and conference. Yeah, they lost BYU
1: their last regular season game right. of the year.
0: And um, phenomenal, phenomenal run they had. They but the conference is not necessarily the strongest conference. No, you know top no, to bottom. They
1: got eight there who's in terms right. they play. Uh, VCU their first round, right? Um,
0: and they've you know between those two schools, they basically dominate that that conference yeah, year that, in and year out. And I, I'm not trying to take anything away from the Zags; they've done a great job, and they compete. They've made themselves a name. Oh at yeah, Division they're one level in the last. 15 yeah, they're no years. longer a mid-major; they're the yeah. big boys now. Yeah, there's no doubt about um, it. And there's and that's the the key, you know, going back, circling back to what we're talking about. Why it's so important. To get this higher rate at Youngstown State, I know we kind of put that one to bed, but that brings back right back to the point. That's why it's so important. I'm not saying you're going to become the next Gonzaga or the next, you know, whoever you want to name in college basketball, but the bottom line is you have to find that guy. I think it's going to be a great tournament all the time. It's my favorite time of the year. Uh, In spring, when you have the uh, tournament going on, because it is wall to wall basketball. Oh yeah, Thursday and Friday are going to
1: be absolutely great. Even though you got to
0: work, yeah, that's going to be great. uh, From noon till you know midnight, midnight, yeah, every night, and it's going to be you know first two rounds are just so exciting and so much action, and everybody was going to be involved. will remember, and it's just going to be, it's it's just without a doubt. It's like it's, the it's greatest Christmas week in it's Christmas in, in March. March. Yes, <laughs> um, for sports fans, it's Christmas in March, and you should enjoy it. And if you have a chance to uh, watch it on the internet, you know, with your iPad or your I iPhone and stuff like that at work, I hope I, my I, bosses
1: aren't listening. But yes, uh,
0: if you have XM radio, all the games will be on there. Uh, I don't know if any of the local radio stations will have that. Uh, yeah, it will
1: be uh, thirteen ninety, I think. Uh, they seem to be the Westwood one or um, okay.
0: They may have some uh, some of the games on the radio, and you're gonna, you know, it's just, it's gonna be fun.
1: I don't want to upset Gonzaga. Uh, my, my battery
0: on my phone will be uh, weak most, yes. of, the, most yes. of the day, Thursday and Friday, but uh, even Saturday. But the bottom line is, enjoy this time of the year. It is so much fun.
1: I don't even and think Gonzaga. Is
0: fill out as the many brackets as you can and go for five right now
1: for me, Tim. Uh, I don't think Gonzaga is the best team in the region right now. I would put them third. I put Arizona first. Yeah. I think Arizona's really good. I so do I. And they looked really good against Oregon out. Oregon didn't
0: have Chris Boucher. You look I mean you look at their path. You got Arizona against North Dakota in the first. Yeah, and round. That, and then you get St. Mary's VCU winner, you know, and on honestly, the West Coast, exactly, On the West Coast, I think that's huge. You know, and then you look maybe, you know, Maryland or a Florida State you know, it's yeah, good. You know, I'm just you know, yeah. looking down the road of uh, yeah, potential matches. They don't seem to they have don't many. scare you no. for that matchup with Arizona. No, Arizona mm. has been a, But uh,
1: Sean Miller's bugaboo has been like Mark Fuse. Yeah. Can he get to the final four? Well, we'll find out. Yeah, I think um I'm not picking Arizona to get to the final four. I'll tell
0: you that right now. I don't think the Wildcats will get to the final four. It'll be interesting to see it. But I you know, they're gonna have the path. And it will be you know if they meet up with Gonzaga down the road, that will be a great matchup of uh, you know the big school versus the Cinderella school of the past. And, and Arizona lost to Gonzaga this year, close exactly. So, so it's going to be a rematch opportunity. That's what's great thing about the tournament. You just don't know. What's yeah, you don't happen. know, and uh, and that's the fun part of it because every game is like a domino effect. Yeah, for you, the entire. Yeah, tournament. you have no idea.
1: Uh, these seedings don't mean anything. They're there for the committee. And a guy like you and know I to talk about the seedings yeah. do not mean anything. It's so much of who's playing hot right now and matchups.
0: Let's talk about our podcast real quickly yes. here. We try to wrap this up here in this in our debut podcast here on Radio MVP. Uh, just to give you a little background, RadioMVP.com dot com is our website. You're going to go there and download this podcast and hopefully uh, find more information as we grow our audience. And we're going to have a lot of different people coming on through this, uh, either through uh, phone calls or in person to do interviews with and to talk about just Northeast Ohio football, basketball, baseball, you name it. And we're going to dive into some other areas that we never you don't think about. Uh, Some people I know, some people that Anthony knows. Yeah, there's
1: you know, it's not really going to be a structured format per se. Um, It's just going to be. Whatever is hot in the sports world that week or that day, um, you know. And this is like, like Tim was saying, this is probably the best time for a sports fan. Exactly. March Madness is going on. Baseball's getting geared up. The World Baseball Classic. Spring training is mercifully finally coming to a, a, a the midpoint. Um, and then you get the Masters, or for the golf fans out there, and then Opening Day for baseball is right around the corner. Right. We're less than a month away from all these things happening.
0: Like I said, this podcast is going to cover it all. We're and going you're going to have a new basketball coach at YSU. Yeah, and you know, as you can tell, this is what it's supposed to be: a conversation of two people, a conversation with our audience, and a conversation with some of the guests that we'll have on uh, throughout the year. I'm not going to drop any names right now. We're just going to tell no, you we're going to have no, different we're going people leave on. Of surprise! Yeah, and uh, you'll you'll get it as we go on, and as we grow this uh, podcast, and uh, hopefully entertain you along the way with just uh, what's going on. I mean, obviously, like I said, I have a background in broadcasting and local sports, and Anthony has the sports programming or a sports management background and the YSU background, working with them as, and stuff like that. So we've got a lot of things we can get into and we're going to talk about the Cleveland Browns and we can get into all of that. We can get into the Steelers too and what's going on there. We'll get into the draft. There's so many things we yeah. uh er, er, so many possibilities and that's what this is going to be. But it is a free form meaning yeah, it's conversation of two guys. Any- it's a conversation of two guys who love sports and actually know something about what's going on, not just in the valley. But what hopefully entertains you along the way. I have some people lined up that I'm I'm looking forward to uh, getting full commitments from. And talking to them over the phone or in person on this podcast. And we're going to dive into many different things. Including uh, saluting some people who do uh, some special things around the Valley. Uh, Not just in the world of sports. But really help our community as we move forward. So, uh, Anthony take a moment, talk about whatever you want, and then yeah, we'll try to wrap Yeah, if listeners up.
1: have any topics, uh, we're going to, like Tim said in the opening, uh, we're going to be really focused on social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, whatever uh, we get on and whatever we use as a vehicle to... To communicate
0: and find Yeah, us to communicate. Yeah, and, every, you know, and that's if you guys
1: have a topic you want us to discuss or a question you want us to uh, go back and forth about, please feel free to follow one of us on social media and ask us and we'll try to get that answered or, you know, or try to banter about our it. Yeah.
0: Uh, Anthony, you can be found on Twitter and Instagram, and how? But,
1: uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on Facebook or Twitter. Um, Twitter, ACAP17. Um, Instagram, also, Cap 17 And you can find my, uh, my post. We haven't acted on uh, Twitter lately. Just busy. Uh, but you can look at all my uh, posts from... YSU games, the Indians games, everything uh, that I go to and spend my time at.
0: There's going to be a blog on the website, so Anthony will have an opportunity to expound more on stuff like that and myself, and we'll get into other opportunities. You can find me on social media. I'm at Tim Continenza on Twitter. That is T-I-M-C-O-N-T-I-N-E-N-Z-A. You can find me on Instagram the same way, and I am on Facebook. So, Easy to find me. I use my full name, as I do when I'm on the air, so everybody will know who I am. We're going to talk to some different reporters around the the valley. We're going to talk to some coaches around the valley, uh, some people from across the nation that we know, and we're going to have some fun talking sports yeah, that's and amazing. bringing have it have to fun. to our listeners and to uh, you who are going to be a part of this program. This is a free forum, and we're going to talk. As you can talk about, we interrupt each other. We finish each other's <laughs> yeah, thoughts. Yeah. It's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. and it's going to be a view of a couple different people, one a little bit older than the other, one a little younger than the other. But it's <laughs> going to be a lot of fun. And I hope you enjoy this uh, debut broadcast here on RadioMVP.com. That MVP stands for Mahoning Valley Podcast, and it's going to expand as we go forward, uh, possibly with other podcasts and different venues. So this is hopefully something we're going to grow. We look forward to doing this each week because it's going to be fun, and it's going to be something that I think everybody's going to enjoy. And we're going to grow it in many different ways, so stay tuned. Give us some downloads. You don't always have to listen. Just download. download yes. That's download, the most important yes. thing as download, we move forward. Know. And uh, we'll give you more information. The website's being built as we speak. We're going to talk to our webmaster in a little bit, and we're going to get this going. And for Anthony Kepley, I'm Tim Continez. Have a great time, everyone, watching the NCAs. We'll be back real soon. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us.